podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise for your haunted wildcatters, those spooky Bosco boys. Very spooky times right now, Scott. Very spooky, spooky season. Spooky, spooky times season. indeed. Thank you to Austin Shower. That's at Golden Shower on Twitter for our new temporary theme song that we're going to have for this month. It's spooky season. Follow him on Twitter. That's Golden S C H A U E R. Golden Shower. Clever name. Let me tell you what is not spooky right now. The picks that I've had for the last few weeks, they've been on. I've taken the lead somehow. I was I was way behind, and now I'm now I'm number one. But where should I have made those picks? You should have been doing it at my <laughs> booking. You probably would have, you know, enough money to fill the bathtub full of golden to- coins like Scrooge McDuck. That would be nice, guys. That's mybookie.ag. This is the best bet this season. Uh, they've been in business for years. They have a stellar online reviews. Their mobile site is super easy. When you win, they pay. Um, you can do live in-game betting. They've been the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for the fantasy guys and gals out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. All of my fantasy players are hitting unders. I'm very bad at fantasy football this season. You need a patty on your team, Mr. Mahomes. But uh, if you guys join now, MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000 plus 25 bucks if you use our promo code, capital B-O-Y-S, 25. That's... A really great deal. It's the it's the best deal. Uh, I I was listening to a podcast on my way from the office over here, and their their bookie not it's not my bookie, but their <laughs> random online book only given a seventy five percent match. I hear a couple one hundred percent, a couple one fi- or one, or a couple fifty percent. Boys twenty five gives you one hundred percent plus twenty five bucks. It is truly Up the to best. A grand, which seems high, and the high the only highest I've seen is. 250 elsewhere yeah so you you put in a grand we have a bunch of rich good smelling listeners they put a grand of their money up they have 2025 bucks to play it's awesome uh speaking of awesome beer of the pod uh i have the gold standard in pumpkin beers because because it's pumpkin season spooky season schlafly's uh pumpkin ale it's it's the best in the biz it's good i bought it last week it was delicious I have like some random beer I found in the fridge, Sam Adams. I don't know whose it is, but it's like a summer shandy, basically. It's all right. It's all right, but it's, it's no, no uh, pumpkin. pumpkin. It's no pumpkin beer. Uh, and, and this pumpkin beer is delicious. Um, before we jump into it, again, we want to give a shout-out to Fatty Fest. Uh, go over to GoEma or FattyFun.org uh, to you know contribute to a great cause. Remember, 100% proceeds from this. Uh, memorial uh, event that for Schwan Alkatib, 
uh, Fatty 4KSU, the godfather of K-State message boarding and K-State YouTube videos. 100% of the proceeds from this event going to the Hale First Floor expansion. So be sure to check out the website. We'll put it in the description of this pod or get to Grant and, or I on Twitter. We'll get you in the right place. And remember, if there's a team of college kids, I will pay your entry fee to the Trivia Smackdown event. Just holler at me, slide into the DMs. Um, but, yeah, that's all the housekeeping. Yeah, guys, you should get out and go. To, um, if we weren't going to a wedding, we would definitely be there. Yeah. Um, October 20th is the date. Get out there. That's all the uh, housekeeping we have. We're going to kick it to Kellis Robinette, K-Dog, with his primer for this game. Um, as if, for all the loyal folks who stayed with us through the summer, they know um, we're never going to have anyone representing Baylor. We had a very bad time. Uh, you know, attempting to get someone on during the preview series. They're just overall, for the most part, bad people. So it's just Kellis this week. And when you come back, we're going to do uh, the Wildcat Roundup together for the first time in a really long time. Uh, so uh, listen to K-Dog and stay tuned. Hey, what's up, Boneheads? It's a uh, big fan of the show here. Kellis Robinette, K-Dog, always glad to be on. Uh, I guess I'm here to talk a little bit about Kansas State Baylor hopefully give you guys some kind of insight on what to expect uh right now you know I I don't have the best of uh, ideas on how this game is going to go so far this season I'm 5-0 on picks with the Cats and it really hasn't been difficult Uh, you could see every outcome coming I guess there was some intrigue last week with Texas maybe with the QB change and Texas having lost at Maryland in their only other road game maybe K-State had a shot in that one um, and they did almost come back, so there was a, that was a little bit more of a toss-up, but still an eight-and-a-half-point dog. This week they're four-and-a-half-point underdogs at Baylor, which, um, judging by my <laughs> Twitter mentions when I put that out there, made a lot of people vomit. Uh, if you go back to the beginning of the season, I think most people counted this down as a surefire win for the Wildcats, and me, I'm, I'm in that group, or I was in that group. Um, now to see them as underdogs here is... Uh, pretty indicative of, of how the season has gone but yeah this this will be you know like the big coin flip game um for the season uh up to this point two and three uh if they want to make it to a bowl game and get this thing turned around this is really a game they need to win i don't know if it's quite must win territory just because they still could piece a few things together but really most realistically if they want to extend the ball streak to nine uh, slipping to two and four and letting a game like this slip away is not the way to do it. If they can get to three and three, beat Baylor, um, and then move move ahead, maybe pull an upset against Oklahoma State, then all of a sudden you're feeling pretty good about it. Um, but yeah, two and four, the margin for error is completely gone. So we'll see how it goes. Um, quick thoughts on last week's game. Uh, you know, obviously, just like everybody else, I was baffled that. Uh, the Wildcats stuck with Alex Delton for an entire half when all he could manage was 64 yards and a safety. Um, Sam Ellinger pointed out that's negative two points from an offense in two quarters. That's uh, that's no way to win a football game. And, you know, I, I didn't hate the idea to try a new quarterback with uh, as much as the offense had struggled, but just given the way Skyler came in and, and captained the offense in the second half, guided him on two touchdown drives and, darn near pulled off the upset uh it really shows that coach snyder put his faith in the wrong quarterback uh if he puts his faith in the right quarterback this week and skylar thompson plays well i think they've got a great shot against baylor 
Uh, this is a game that's actually set up pretty well for him because Baylor is not good in the secondary. Oklahoma tore him to shreds last week, uh, throwing all over the field. So maybe that's something Skyler can do as well. Um, maybe him and Zuber can hook up for a long pass or two and, and uh, they can get a lead and play from ahead for once. Um, but, you know, flip side, Baylor has one of the most efficient passing offenses in the country. Charlie Brewer has been incredible this season. Even in their loss to Oklahoma, you know, they, they weren't close. It was 66-33, to 33, but they put up almost 500 yards of offense um, and moved the ball pretty much at will. They just they just didn't find the end zone. And that's not the best of signs for Kansas State, which is still a little questionable in the secondary with some injuries back there. Kendall Adams trying to get back up to speed. Uh, Denzel Goolsby out. Walter Neal potentially out again. So we'll see how they handle that kind of passing attack with not only Brewer but some pretty good uh, receivers to throw to. Um, the positives, I would think, are that K-State has actually looked good in most of their games in the secondary. They didn't look so hot against West Virginia, but that's West Virginia on the road. Um, they looked quite a bit better last week against Texas. Um, so maybe that's something that they can carry over to this week. And honestly, if there's one positive, you really want to take away from the Texas games. The defense played by far its best game to hold Texas to 10 points for the entire game um, and shut them out in the second half. I mean, goodness, uh, if they can duplicate that or come close, their defense will be holding up their end of the bargain in the rest of their games. So if they can get that kind of effort again against Baylor, they'll take their chances. If Skylar Thompson can come in and lead the offense to a few touchdowns, they'll take their chances. Basically, I guess what the Wildcats are hoping for is that the second half of that game against Texas was more than just some kind of fluke or moral victory. It's something that actually gets the ball rolling towards something bigger. Um, the challenge will now be taking it on the road. They have had success at Baylor. They've beaten them the last two times straight up. We'll see if they can keep it going. Um, boy, that that's really the biggest things I'm going to be focused on. Other than that, I'm just interested interested to see – you know, what, what, how does Baylor respond from this? Um, they're kind of in the same boat as, as Kansas State. They don't truly have an impressive win win yet. They beat Abilene Christian, UTSA, common opponent there, beat Kansas at home. So, you know, not, not horrible there, but nothing too great. They lost to Duke. They lost to Oklahoma. They're trying to prove themselves as well. Similar situation. If they could win, they'd really feel good about their bowl chances. So this is kind of a do-or-die game for both teams. Um and you know what? Probably one of the more intriguing games of, of uh, the Big 12 weekend, uh, just in terms of, you know, evenly matched teams with something to play for. Um, we'll see how it goes, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And we're back. Thank you to major friend of the pod, K Dog. He's an elite man. And a member of the K State Charter Ball or Sexy Bald Club. He is. Sexy Bald. Uh, you know, that might be a T-shirt opportunity we can send all of our sexy, bald friends. Uh, but it's time for a Wildcat wrap-up. It's been a while since we've gotten to do this together. We skipped it last week to get in a little bit more Reggie time, and usually I'm having to tape this without you, so it's good to talk about, you know, some of the other K-State sports together uh, instead of just, recru- or, you know, doing it by myself. It was a massive weekend for K-State recru- recruiting for basketball. They had three official visits, and now they have three commits. 
Uh, the very first one that we'll we'll chat just briefly about is Dewan Gordon. He's a top 150 guy on Rivals. He's the number 36 ranked shooting guard. Uh, he's out of Chicago, Illinois, and how great is it to have a uh, Chicago guard back in the program? It's great. I love a good uh, Chicago Chicago guard that's in, comes and plays in purple. Um, this is good. I mean, we were just waiting so long finally for something to break in the recruiting battles that we've had, and we get three in 24 hours. And first one that you mentioned is probably our most solid guy. I mean, he's a top 50 guy. He's athletic as hell. I mean, sorry, 150, top one. I wish he was top 50. Yeah, that would be really but great. Here's the thing. Eric Bossy over on Rivals, he was talking about how this guy, Dwan Gordon, he might, when it's all said and done, still move up the rankings and earn a four-star. So this is a legitimate guy. We had to beat out SMU, which it looked like he was going for the longest time. Ole Miss was in on him. Nebraska was in on him. Xavier was in on him. Uh, so were a lot of folks. Uh, this is a great get. It gets us back into Chicago. Uh I, I couldn't be happier with this pickup. I'm excited about it. Our next guy, Demarius Wash, he's like a combo guard out of Sunrise Christian Academy from Wichita, originally from Mississippi. Um, he was once an Ole Miss recruit. We had to beat out Ole Miss and Southern Miss as well. And who else? Minnesota? Minnesota was in on him. And also, he's out of Sunrise, and that's a basketball factory down Wichita. So this is another guy. So we're getting back into Chicago. Now we're finally getting into uh, we're, we're finally getting into Sunrise. I mean, that's where Buddy Heald came from. They put out a ton, a ton of Power 5 guys recently. So getting inroads, inroads there is great. He's another one that folks are saying that when it's all said and done and the final rankings are out, he might get into that Rivals 150. And I saw a lot of chatter on the message boards, on the national recruiting boards, that if this guy would have held out his – his recruitment into the spring he might be a guy that was attracting some closer blue blood offers to replace some guys who go pro i think when it's all said and done he actually might be the most dynamic guy in this recruiting class so i'm excited to get him on board sounds like a steal yeah he, he is a steal I, I really do think when folks look back at him it might be a wow how did k-state get him how did how did they sneak him out there i think when it's all said and done he might be an all big 12 caliber player um the final guy is antonio gordon he's a stretch four uh, but really his his calling card is a shooter he might be that sniper that k-state literally has never had um he's from lawton oakland Oklahoma. He plays with the very prestigious MoCan AAU program from right in our neck of the woods, Kansas City. And this is an AAU program that we have been trying to get in with for the longest time. He might be the biggest project of our four commits and definitely of these three, but I think it's all worth it if it can help us get our foot in the door with MoCan and maybe start uh, snagging a couple more of these Kansas City area kids. Um, we d He was committed to Tulsa. We took him from Tulsa. He also had a lot of interest out of Louisiana Tech. Again, he he's going to be a project. He's going to have to get into the weight room, uh, but as long as he can keep his stroke and you know maybe even redshirt a year, I think what's all said and done, he's going to be a contributor for the Big 12. And that wraps up our uh, big, our basketball recruiting because we're only going to have four openings. These are our second, third, and fourth commits. Uh, as we saw this past offseason, transfers happen, uh, getting getting in the grad transfer market, the late late recruits. But for the time being, Bruce and Co are going to turn their attention to the twenty twenty class. But nice to steal some dudes. Must be those lavenders. Yeah, it has to be the lavenders. It's super sexy. Uh, you know, and I'm looking forward to seeing these guys, and I'll, we'll, we'll keep up with them. If anything crazy happens during the season with our recruits, we'll be sure to uh, pass on the news. Um, 
let's transition into uh, women's soccer and volleyball. Both of them have fallen on horrible times. After great yeah. non-conference seasons for both of them, it's it's been it's just been crap ever since. Soccer has lost all three of their games, only scoring one goal in conference play. Uh, they do take on KU Friday, 7 p.m. If you're in Manhattan, get out there. Support the girls. Uh, that was our first Big 12 win last year. So let's see if we can make it two in a row over the Hawks. Again, that's 7 p.m. Uh, it's going to be on ESPN3 for the folks who can't get out there. It's also going to be broadcast on 101.5 K-Rock radio style. Talking about volleyball, Oof. started off well. Look, man, we're, we're wading into some spooky waters right now. I mean, in all aspects of K-State sports that we're about to talk about. But volleyball, they started off a great non-conference. They had a record of 10-1, and then they took on Texas. They had us all on the edge of our seats. They took it in five games but lost and proceeded to get swept by Oklahoma, West Virginia, and lost 3-1 to TCU. Um, they're away to Texas Tech on Wednesday on the 3rd. 6 p.m. game is on TV via Fox Sports Southwest and radio broadcast on K-Man. They're back home versus Iowa State on October 10th. I'm just going to say this. I've never – I've been, you know, on the Susie Fritz out bandwagon for a while. We're about ready to build, you know, a cathedral of a women's volleyball facility. Um, if she can't figure it out, she needs to go because we have some real talent on this team. We have an All-American candidate on this team. If you can't figure it out and turn around and get into postseason play, uh, I think it might be time for her to go. Um, but that's just me. Speaking of maybe time to go, <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. Uh, Bill Snyder had his press conference today, uh, and boy, was it was it bad. I. It wasn't great. I uh, mean – it's just very I, – I expected so much more. It's funny because last week his midweek press conference, he did a lot of damage control. He was a lot cheerier than he was after the loss to West Virginia, and he, he kind of walked back on a couple of the things that he said, but this week was the, ex the exact opposite. He, he basically just said, F it. Like, you yeah. know, it, it started off – you know, John Kurtz, he, he, you know, he's on the game on 1350. He asked two questions, you know, laying out – the differences between how Delton and Thompson have played and basically saying everyone thinks Thompson is the clear choice. He's superior. What are we missing? And then Bill just fires back. What are you, what are you missing? Well, you're not in the field coaching. And when he said that, and that's how the press conference starts. I was following along at work and my, I just rolled my eyes and I said, here we go. This is going to be a bumpy press conference. Yeah. And shout out to Jay Kurtz for starting it off and, asking the tough questions and not backing down like I thought he, it might shut him down after that and Bill obviously eventually did by basically telling him to shut the hell up but um I mean he just comes off as so petulant in this pre in this presser and we I would really like to see him kind of kind of calm calm the waters if you will pour a little little water on the fire that he's kind of started here but and it just gets worse and worse. I know. And then <laughs> after that, I think Matt Hall tried to back up uh, Jay Kurtz and say, all right, you know, what what are we missing with, you know, Delton? What is he bringing you that uh, basically allowed him to start? And Bill says he runs the ball well. He throws the ball effectively. Sometimes he doesn't. But he just brought us a spark. And he, he says that. And, I, and, again, I just wonder 
what he's seeing because Skyler now to this point has a higher yards per carry average. He Dalton can't throw the ball, uh, so it's, I, I I'm to the point where I don't understand if Bill is just stubborn or if he truly believes what he's saying. Let's run that quote back again. He runs the ball well. He throws the ball effectively. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he doesn't. I mean, hardly hardly a good endorsement on a starting quarterback that you're desperately going to bat for and just trying so hard to, to shoehorn into the starting lineup. I just I don't know what he's seeing. And, you know, Jay Kurtz, I think it was Jay Kurtz that presented him with some numbers and he says basically stats, you know, stats, stats don't, don't matter. Yeah, like, stats don't matter. I'm just like I, I at that point I'm just starting to shake his head. We did get a little bit of uh, a straightforward answer when asked about Sullivan and Lynch. It sounds like neither one of them are going to play. Um, that's going to hurt this upcoming game. But then the moment that probably made <laughs> all the news, uh, John Kurtz again try he tries one more time to try to get another answer, and Bill cuts him off, points at him with his with his hand. If you guys haven't seen this video, you need to track it down. Points at him and just says. You write whatever the hell you want or what the hell you want, yeah, and just shuts them down. And I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, regardless of what Bill Snyder has accomplished at the Kansas State University, that's not the type of behavior that you would want to see your head coach displaying towards media. Towards, I mean, he's now he's. I mean, he's on the media now. He's been on his players. He's been. Attacking, essentially attacking his own players for the last several weeks as well, and now he's just, I mean, it just seems like he's basically had it to the point where he's not going to really take any questions that matter. Yeah, and, and quite frankly, and that that was, I mean, he also finished off the press conference basically being a dick to Kels Robinette, trying to figure out how how the backup field goal kickers are going to fare in a game. And, yeah, yeah. And Bill basically says, whoever kicked the extra point, he'll kick field goals, and He'll kick them as far as I feel comfortable with. And it's just like, you don't have to be such a dick to these guys. And the fact of the matter, we, let's let's just say, disclaimer, we consider ourselves not only friendly but friends with K-Dog and the KSO guys. Um, so I, th- I feel a little bit defensive for these guys. But fact of the matter is, Bill Snyder has it just about as easy as any Power 5 coach in the country when it comes to the media. Uh, if he thinks this was tough... I don't understand. I mean, I feel like they give him more than a fair shot. And then when some random dude from Nebraska on the teleconference on (laughs) Monday, some dude on Monday gets on the Big 12 teleconference and asks Bill a question about Nebraska. He goes in depth giving a five-minute thoughtful answer on the state of the Nebraska football program. But then he gives two-word answers about our field goal kickers and is quite frankly just a to John Kurtz and Matt Hall today, it, it, it's just a really, really bad look for Bill Snyder. It's super disappointing, and it's like, I don't know. Just disrespect. I don't too. understand what his loyalists are seeing at this point. But, and those were completely fair questions from Kellis and Matt and and John Kurtz, and they did they were asked respectfully, and. <sighs> And I mean, they, it's just it's just so obvious that it's come. It seems to be coming to an end. Well, and then also, you know, and I, I I'm sorry for skipping over this, nice. but he also when asked about you know what did Skyler do to bring energy in the second half, Bill completely detracts. I know. and says and basically he says while Skyler was a part of it, but it was more about the team as a whole being angry. Team, the team came out angry as a whole. So he, he had 
an, another opportunity to praise Skyler, praise in any way possible to praise Skyler. He just and doesn't. He, do, he dodged it that again. So it's it's frustrating. Um, it's to me, it stinks like a coach that is nearing the end of his tenure. But I don't know about that. I, if I, anything legitimately about that, I don't know. But it is all just. It's not looking great. It, it's getting ugly, and I stand by what I said in our review pod. And, again, cre- credit where credit's due. Derek Young was the one who I first heard verbalize it. I think it's time that Bill no longer has media responsibilities. I think it is time that maybe Sean give the post-game press conference and then have Colin Klein or uh, Andre Coleman do the teleconference and then maybe Blake Seiler do Tuesday conference. And if you're even discussing that, like, is that not indicative of where you should be heading? Yes. Lo- well, I mean, 100%. And, and I, and I say, I say that. I for think the they're pe- right too. I think Derek is absolutely right. Derek is 100% right. He should not be, and, he should not be doing these press. And, and I say that and we, we're, we're kind of, kind of as a, uh, you know, middle ground because I think, I think we're to the point where almost, the vast majority of K-State fans, true K-State fans, not Bill Snyder fans, but K-State fans are getting to the point where it's it's time for Bill to step down. So just even trying to find a, a happy median of Bill being stubborn and trying not to be detrimental to the team, I think you have to find someone else to be doing media availability. Uh, and, again, I, I said in the last podcast, I have all the faith in the world and Gene Taylor and the university leadership that they will make the right decisions. Um, but I, I think I would I would ask if I could talk to Gene right now, I'd say, hey, I think it's time to talk to Bill about pulling him off media because I think every time he steps to the podium, uh, he's damaging the football program. Yeah, I feel like at the very least, that's what you should be having a conversation about. Um, not even talking about, you know, stepping down or anything like that but the media availability needs to <laughs> possibly change because i mean he's destroying his image at least i mean he's destroying his image but he's destroying the image of the university when he's putting these guys down and not i mean he's putting his own players down how and what how is that going to help recruiting it's not it's going to destroy recruiting I, I mean it's already an extremely sensitive topic recruiting at Kansas State anyways who's going to want to come play for an 80 year old in the first place I know they put out that five-year BS that was kind of you know it doesn't really nothing really changes but now he's putting down his players he's yelling at the media it's just uh, it ain't good we're two and three (laughs) it's not looking good it's not looking good, but know who's always looking good? All of our boneheads. Boneheads, baby. We have the sexiest fan base in the world. Uh, so it's time for your Ask Bosco's questions. We're going to dive right in. Again, thanks to all the questions. We had a lot of great ones after the uh, game on Saturday. So we're going to wrap up some of the remainders. Remember to always use hashtag Ask Bosco. We're going to start off with at Rachel Rieger. Or Reger. Oh, I'm sorry, Rachel. I'm Maybe it's Regier. Regier, yeah, a little French. Uh, sorry again for butchering your last name. <coughs> You're a very loyal bonehead. We appreciate your question. And she has a great one. Uh, thoughts on Hunter Risen sticking around long enough to give us a set of hands given QB drama and lack of passing offense under Delton? Um, 
that's not something that I had thought about up until this point, but she makes a great point. You know, Hunter Risen leaves Michigan State. He's a four-star recruit, someone who is going to make a massive impact on the team next year. And now the uncertainty with, you know, Skyler's future. Uh, there was, uh, I, we won't dive into it, but whispers are getting louder and louder about Skyler's future, and it's very scary. And uh, you got to feel for this guy who leaves Michigan State, has three years of eligibility, and if he's going to have to play with Delton, who quite frankly isn't very good at distributing the ball, and then after that it's going to be maybe Holcomb, who, you know, all intents and purposes. Just a mystery. Is, yeah, I mean, we don't really know. Um <clears throat> So yeah, you worry about it. Uh, he transferred. I I think his only move would be to go down to a junior college year, uh, because he used his redshirt year sitting out this year. So um, I'm hoping whoever's playing quarterback uh, can get the ball to him because I think he's a true weapon. Some guy that you know we we really could use this year. Um, we don't have him, but I hope we see three big years from Hunter Ryzen. Uh, you know, after this, um, but I am worried. Uh, something I wasn't worried about before this question, but yeah. now I'm going to be worried about. I don't. I think he'll stick around. Um, I don't. Although he may not love what he's seeing right now, um, but I have a hard time seeing him transferring again without seeing a single down yet. But if Skyler does eventually go, that changes things significantly. Um, I think it's genuinely. I don't know. I mean, if Skyler does go, do you think he'll go sooner rather than later? I mean, well, here's the thing, and. We, we we might as well just throw it out there. You know, we're we're here. We don't know anything. We, we don't know we're anything. Just we we it, have random. We hear random things. Everyone hears random things. But if Skyler were to transfer, he's already used his red shirt, so he has no incentive of declaring his intent to transfer early. Um, he's going to graduate this year, so he's going to be able to play immediately anyways. So he doesn't have any incentive to transfer early. So if, if it were to happen, uh, which we don't know, and you know, I, I hope it doesn't. I, I hope am, to God it doesn't. I, I, I mean, I think it's going to come down to who's the head coach at the end of the year. Yeah, it, it, it very well may, but uh, I don't think we're going to hear anything about that until you know January, February, March type and frame. And uh, sadly, that would give Hunter Ryzen enough time to transfer down to a JUCO uh, to be able to play immediately down there and then have two years of eligibility Ugh. at a Power 5. Losing um, Skylar Thompson would be very be tough for our program. Devastating. Um, and you know, now I'm worried about Hunter Ryzen. So thanks a lot, Rachel. I'm kidding. Thank you for uh, being a loyal bonehead. It's a good question. Uh, here, here's a more light-hearted one from the Dubois Theory. You know, we're getting super French in here. Uh, and he is the creator of all those fun game day posters. Uh, he's the guy behind To The Ville. So, big fan of Will. Uh, he, he has a fun one. Limestone Field Wall. Does it look amazing or just great? I say amazing, first off. I agree. I, I really like it. And then he follows it up by saying, Georgia plays between the hedges, so do we get a play in the query? I, I like it. I, I say we try to make that, that quarry? Quarry. quarry. I don't know. I I like it, though. Yeah. Let, let's, let's get let's get fun I'm with into it. that. I, I was thinking maybe it could be something like in the castle or something, and then uh, we dig a trench around the field and Ooh. fill it up with some water so we have a moat around the field, and then uh, we can Put maybe a moat. You don't know. Gators. I don't know about Gators, but what I was thinking of is we could revive the old tradition of Willie's car, but have, give him a little boat. Ooh, yeah, a little speed boat to drive around the moat. That'd be actually be, pretty cool. I'd be into that. Have a drawbridge come down. Yeah, and run, you know, lower the 
a drawbridge, let the team run out, that'd be pretty cool. I, I could think. be into that. I, you know, anything to spice up pregame a little bit. Um, but but another good question, uh, and, and a, a more fun one because you know we've been so negative on the pod recently. That was a fun one. Um, Banner ninety five. When Thompson comes into the game, it seemed like all the players were energized, almost like the team, all caps team, wanted Skyler. Do you think that had anything to do with Skyler's performance? Um, maybe I think Skyler's just a gamer, and I think he is a good quarterback. Um, I guess knowing that your team's behind you is going to increase your confidence and maybe help your performance. Uh, but I think Skyler coming in had more of an effect on everyone else's performance more than vice versa. I think it had to do with both his performance and the fact that they all seem to prefer Skyler in general. Um, good players elevate other players around them, and Skyler has the ability to do that, in my opinion. Um, you could see the moment he was on the field before he even took a snap that you know the players more or, were more energized. You know, I sit right behind the players, so I could see everyone on the bench. The body language had changed. The hell, the fans were more energized. Everybody was excited to see Skyler come on, and it was a change that needed to happen. And <sighs> It's a change that needs to happen again, but we can move on from that. Yep. Uh, next up is Whitney underscore Hartman. Uh, she told me that she wanted to be the founding me- member of Bosco's Babes the other day. So, uh, you know, hit up Whitney if you want to be in that new elite fan group. Uh, she asks, are we to the point as a program that we have to lose to KU for a change to happen after this season? Look. This is what I'm going to say. Based on everything that I have personally been told, uh, even though, uh, you know, looking at results and looking at the press conferences may lead you to think otherwise, but I've been told on multiple occasions now by about four or five different folks, all of which I trust, have told me that Bill has absolutely zero intentions on hanging it up this season. Things can change. We're still not even halfway through the season, so if things turn south and losing to KU definitely would be a big, big, big turn south, um, that might change. But I personally, right now, as I sit here today in spooky season, early in spooky season, I do not believe anything can happen that will result in Bill not coming back next year. It's hard to imagine. Um, <clears throat> big donors seem to care <laughs> most about beating KU. Um, so, you know, which I find kind of silly. Also, but I, I'm going to say the majority of our fan base puts an unhealthy amount of, uh, you know, of their hopes and dreams in beating KU in football. I've, I've heard folks say that they would take a 6-6 six and six season if one of those wins is beating KU over a 9-3 and three season if one of those losses is to KU, which is just insane to me. Yeah, that's that doesn't add up. That, that doesn't make I've heard sense. multiple, and th- that <laughs> is not just some random person. This fan base has an unhealthy obsession with KU, I think, as a whole. Um, and, and But I, I do think Whitney's you know, question is valid because of that reason, because of some of the donors, because of how much of our fan base puts so much stock in that game. Um, no, I think if we lose a, to KU it's a valid and say question. we finish three and nine, four and eight, um, I think that would be a dent in Bill's, albeit a small dent in Bill's chance of returning. But, you know, I don't know what it's like to be an athletic director. Uh, <laughs> it's a big job. I think there are many variables against Bill at this point, though. And I think Gene will will fairly assess that at the end of the season. I, I, mean, I, I do, too. I really do. I think Gene is – I don't know if Gene is going to be shackled by that. He may be shackled by the Bill dilemma. But 
there are some. And this is not. I don't know. For, this is not firsthand stuff. Uh, but th- there's been some chatter on message boards from some trusted folks that I believe that you know Gene is not going to. You know, he's not going to kiss the rings. Uh, I again, I, I and he shouldn't. I, I some folks have come after me in my Twitter mentions and. This has been weighing on me a little bit about, you know, defending Gene just because he came on the pod. Folks, I'll tell you this right now. If Gene Taylor ever does anything that I don't agree with, I will be on Twitter, I'll be on this podcast, and I will be calling him out. I stand 100% behind Gene Taylor and everything he's done to this point and all the decisions and the leadership he's given. Uh, folks coming after him just need to, you know, sit down and let the man work. I mean, pump the brakes. We're five games into the season. Yeah. Um, things could turn around, and, I mean, you know. And, 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 again, and even if it doesn't, you got to wait until the end of the season. He's not going to fire Bill midseason. And, even, and you, you have to realize uh, the position Gene is in and realize that, there's no athletic director in the world, and there's never been an athletic director in the world who would be doing something at this point in the season with a coach of Bill Snyder's stature. Yes, Grant and I both are on the record saying that we want Bill to retire. And I there's not much that could happen the rest of the season that would make me come off of that. But you have to use your mind and you have to use your senses when you're trying to call on an athletic director to do something. You can't look at things like a fan. You have to put yourself in his shoes. Again, if Gene Taylor ever does something I disagree with, I'm going to be on Twitter. I'm going to be on this podcast. But some of you folks are being far too simple-minded coming after him. We're going to, we're going to move on from that uh, to the next one. And this is from Ortiz Josh. Uh, I'm sick of the small-mindedness of much of the fan base uh, that believes K-State will disappear when Bill Snyder is gone. Do you, do the school administrators, including Athletics Director Gene Taylor, understand the turnaround is complete and that football can build off of that and go further? Yes, 100%. I know for a fact Gene Taylor, he is not – when when it comes time to make a hire, Gene Taylor is going to do so with the mind of bringing in multiple Big 12 championships, getting to the college football playoff, and bringing something to K-State that we've never had, and that's a national championship. And I believe every – hire every decision uh you know every plan that he has made has that in mind i i believe 100 percent in gene taylor and our school administrators when the time comes they will make that correct decision i agree um i think this is a pretty great question and aside from the quarterback controversy this narrative has pretty much dominated the football program for some time uh this fear about life after bill really needs to change um Yes, we were bad in the 80s. Everybody knows that. In the 70s and the 60s. Uh, let's yeah, not yeah, yeah. mince it. Yes, we were bad before Bill, and he's the greatest, one of the greatest coaches of all time. He turned around the program. But it it's was not an unbelievable job. But, and yes, we made a poor hire in Ron Prince. Um, a poor hire that. Oh, shut up. He went 16 and 18. He was an absolutely dreadful coach. But we so were going off the rails yes, of the program. Yes, but still, again, that bad of a hire, only 16 and 18. It was bad. Yes, the program but, was in turmoil. Yes, but again, who cares about Ron Prince? Let's not talk about Ron but Prince. But it's still, p- people people want to think that once Bill goes, we're back to a one-win program. Guess what? He That's already stupid. Loved, that, that is so stupid. I see it on Facebook. I see it on Twitter. I see it on message boards. They say, be careful what you wish for. They mention 1989. Get out of there. If you're going to say be what careful. Are they, what do you expect us to do? 
<laughs> build is 80. We are going to have to make a hire at some point. What do, what do these people expect us to do? These people expect us to allow Bill to do whatever he wants for however long he wants and then to hire Sean. Which is clearly very unhealthy. It's just a very unhealthy and untenable situation. And it's, it's time K-State fans desire more and want more and the in but but find the balance, you know, again. And God, there's a lot of good coaches out there today that we could contact and we could hire. I mean, we're not going to rehire Ron Prince. We're going to vet this next hire far better than we ever did the last one and, and, and just guess, have some faith and for guess God's what? sake. If if that's a bad hire, if if that's a bad hire, guess what? You get to do it again. Exactly. And guess what? In today's day and age in college football, you can turn stuff around we have and get to that next a foundation now. We, we have, have a foundation. foundation. We, we have, have facilities. the facilities. We have we have donors who are willing to build more. Stop thinking it's still 1989. Yes, I, it's extremely frustrating. Think bigger. I mean, just have some damn faith. It's going to have to change at some point. Bill is 80 years old, and he's going downhill fast. Not like health-wise, but he's... He can't coach. He can't freaking figure out a... He's not going to be here 10 years He's not going to be now. here in it three ev- years, probably. It, it eventually is going to happen. Get Folks need to get over it and just trust trust Gene. And speaking of trusting Gene, uh, the, the final question from at Barrick for Heisman, uh, at what re- record or worse do you think Gene Taylor steps in and encourages Bill to retire, if any? I think 4-8 and eight or worse should merit serious thought on this part. I think it is... 100% not just record, but how it looks, how things keep going. If Bill keeps acting like this in the media, if we keep losing, something's going to happen. Someone's going to step in. Uh, you know, I again, I, I've gone on record and said that I don't think anything could happen. I think he's going to be back. Fact of the matter is, is even, even super cavalier athletic directors don't fire coaches after one bad year. Fact of the matter, for better or worse, we're coming off eight straight bull wins. Uh, this year is going could could be <laughs> appearances. shambolic. Uh, I wish yes, we wanted sorry, straight. sorry, sorry. Appearances. Eight bull appearances. Uh, this could be a shambolic year. We could lose out. But even if that happens, I don't think you can fire Bill Snap. No matter how badly I want it, I don't think you can do it. Hopefully eventually someone can get into bill's ear and convince him otherwise uh and i think gene will have a conversation with him and he'll have a tough conversation but i don't think any action happens until next year i know some people don't like that and again after i say this people are going to be in my twitter mentions and that's fine uh but i don't think you can i don't think anyone could get away with doing that uh and i think gene taylor is far too smart to do to do something stupid that could uh, really hurt the image and hurt the donor class. I think if something's going to happen after this year, it's going to have to come from Bill or Sean or their family to convince Bill. I don't think Gene's going to do it. And quite frankly, no matter how bad I want him to, I don't know if he should. Yeah, if you're going to fire Bill at the end of the season or <laughs> gracefully push him out um, – it's not going to be about the record. Um, I think unless, you know, we legitimately lose out and we go 2-10, and ten, um, it's going to be about the current toxicity of the program, and it's very toxic at the moment. Um, you know, we have coaching rifts. We got coaches that have almost left the program. We have player divides. Um, we may have 
we may have a m- large exodus of transfers. Who the heck knows? But we may have some key transfers at the end of the season. And it's funny because it's just like almost the the calming of the waters is like almost coming full circle. Like he's a, going to be the cause of some rough waters by the end if he continues to stay. And I mean, the longer it drags out, the uglier it's probably going to get. I mean, can you imagine the apathy if we go two and ten and Bill comes back next year? If we go if we go four and eight and Bill comes back next year, yeah, it's going to be bad. But again, I just. I just don't know. I don't think he's going to go. I, Let I, me just put that out there. I just I don't think I think he's got too much of a clutch on the program. I don't think he's going to go, but I'd be very surprised. And again, I but I, I think I, he should. I still I, yes, I agree with you, and I still think it comes down to I don't think in how college football works if any AD would be able to push Bill Snyder out if he's not ready to go. And I don't, I think Gene Taylor's far too smart to go about that way. Um, that's all for the Ask Bosco questions. We're going to get back in talking about uh, the Baylor game, what we think needs to happen to get a win. We're going for the four keys of ease. You guys know it. Uh, Grant, what is our number one key to beating Baylor? I bet you could guess before I even said it. But I bet you had something to do with Skylar. Skylar Thompson. Yep, there Let's it build is. off the momentum and energy created last week, um, which is a good segue into your first key to be. Yeah, and, and mine is the offensive line needs to keep playing with that same passion and power that we saw in the second half. Dalton Reisner was pancaking, guys. Scott Francis was making all of his blocks. That middle of the offensive line, Abdul Beecham, they, they were going after guys and having swagger and power and nastiness, something we need to see in the offensive line, and we need to see it again if we're going to win my second key to V don't get in a hole early uh we can't afford empty drives we can't afford a 19 point deficit at half again um drop touchdown passes we're a limited team already we cannot make it harder for ourselves in waco so gotta stay at least on pace early keep it close any deficit that's going to be like it was at texas we're not coming back Yep, and then my final one is something I'm basically repeating from West Virginia. We have to get takeaways. Baylor, while are they the peak offense from Art Bryles' wonder years? No, but they can still put up points. You know, they still were moving the ball at will versus Oklahoma. They put up 33 points. We're going to need to get takeaways. We're going to have to steal some possessions. We're going to have to do some stuff. And this week, when we do it, we have to capitalize on it. It didn't happen versus West Virginia. Have to capitalize when we get takeaways versus Baylor. So those are our four keys to be. Be sure to interact with us on social media. Tweet us. Tell us what you think the biggest keys to be are for this week. Um, And that's what it is. Um, You're going to get our game predictions at the end of this segment. Uh, So you know what it is. It's time for our game picks. And they are brought to you by MyBookie. If you think you're going to pick some winners, if you think you're going to pick some stuff against spreads, over-unders, everything, in-game betting, Best player perks, you know it. Boys 25, 100% match, plus 25 bucks. Uh, last week, Grant, you went 9-2. and two. Legitimate. That brings you to first place. See, at 38-15. and 15. There I am, one game behind you, 37-16. I went 7-4. Reggie screwed. Reggie had a stinker. <laughs> he, screwed, he screwed the boneheads. <laughs> He went four and seven, bringing the Boneheads down to thirty-four and nineteen. Uh, luckily for the Boneheads, you guys have K Dog picking for you this week. He is a notorious great predictor, so I'm, I'm assuming the Boneheads are going to win to go eleven and zero. 
Uh, so here we are doing all the Big 12 games plus some extras. We're starting off 11 a.m. ESPN2, Milan Puskar Stadium. Country Roads take me home to the place I belong. It's a sweep for West Virginia unless you're going to shock me. West Virginia. All right, everyone's going West Virginia. Iowa State trying to go into Boone Pickens Stadium at 2.30. Oklahoma State's ranked 25. Does Iowa State pull it off? K-Dog says no. He has Oklahoma State. This is a tough one. I struggled with this a little bit, but with Iowa State, you know, their backup quarterback, that's just they're not quite the same. I got Okie State, even though I don't think they're quite that good, but Okie State. I'm going with Okie State, too. That'll give us another shot at a ranked win the following week. Uh, programming note, that game is an 11 a.m. game, so be sure to get some breakfast burritos and then into the bill next Saturday. The next game. There's a KSO tailgate K- there? KSO tailgate. Get on the KSO Ooh. boards. Find out where it is. Uh, shout out to Nat Hall. <laughs> Nat Hall, she's uh, she's organizing it. She is another uh, you know friend of the pod. We love Nat. Um, so, yeah, be sure to get out there. Support KSO. Tell your friends. Mizzou at South Carolina. This is an 11 a.m. game. SEC Network. That is Williams-Brice Stadium. Are you going with the Gamecocks or are you going with Mizzou? I'm going with those hard cocks, the Gamecocks. K-Dog's going with South Carolina, and I am too. I want to go <laughs> Missouri just to try to pick up a game on you. but We got uh, plenty left. Yeah. yeah, we got plenty left, and I, you know, I think South Carolina's good. Um, I, and I, I'll probably never pick Missouri. Um, Say we, that's we got, good. We on the SEC game on CBS's two thirty Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Ooh. We got Coach O, go Tigers. LSU at Florida. That's number five at number oh, twenty two. Shit, I'm not. You pick first. No, K Dog is going LSU. You're up. <sighs> this is tough. I, it's got me thinking about it again. In the um, swamp. It's in the swamp. And National television. I want to say next week they got Georgia. Look ahead game. They could be in a big trap here, but oh, I'm going to stick with the Tigers. Yeah, we're sweeping. I, I, really? I'm go- yeah, I'm going with LSU. I, I love Coach O. I do too. I'm go a big Tigers. fan. Drink paint. Um, number six, Notre Dame. Going to Virginia Tech. This is a 7 p.m. game. ABC, enter Stan- Sandman, Lane Stadium. You know the Virginia Tech crowd is going to be rocking. You know they hate those Catholics. Everyone in the world is cheering for Virginia Tech to pull off the upset so we don't have to see Notre Dame in the playoff, but K-Dog's going Notre Dame. He's a golden domer. I don't think Virginia Tech is very good, so I'm I'm going with Notre Dame. Virginia Tech does suck, even though they beat Duke last week. Uh, It's going to be Notre Dame. Notre Dame's (laughs) going to end up in the playoff, and I'm going to be pissed. Um, We're going to have to differ here somewhere. Eventually, I hope. Um, Iowa's going to Minnesota, row the boat, 230 Big Ten Network. That's TCF Bank Stadium, also home of Minnesota United, a dreadful MLS club. Grant, I know you're rowing the boat. boat. I'm going Iowa. K-Dog's going to Iowa, so am I. I'm not kidding. No, I I, I think Minnesota's bad, and I actually think Iowa's pretty good. They have a great defense. I know you're a big row the boat guy. I I love P.J. Flack. He hasn't quite had that influence as I thought he would. Yep. um, I hope this one is different. Arizona State, Herm Edwards going to Colorado. Colorado is ranked 21st, 3 p.m. Pac-12 Network, Folsom Field. K-Dog's going Colorado. Colorado. Arizona State. There we go. Forks up. Go Herm Edwards. 
Um, and hey, we're gonna pick. We're gonna try our best to pick all of the Service Academy games uh, when they play each other. So we have Navy going to Air Force. This is two thirty p.m. CBS Sports Network at Falcon Stadium. K Dog's going Navy on the road. You know, I'm also going Navy in the triple uh, option. I was hoping you would go Air Force. I'm also going Navy. Um, not very exciting. A lot of uh, games that we are agreeing on. Uh, Friday Night Lights up in Utah, 8 p.m. ESPN 2, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, Utah State. The Aggies are going to the Cougars. K-Dog is going BYU. BYU, the Mormons. Utah State, go Aggies, go. baby. Uh, I would prefer the Aggies to win. So would I because I picked them. Um, college game day game of the week. One of the best college football rivalries. It's at the fairgrounds. It's in the Cotton Bowl. College game day is there. Big Boy Fox is broadcasting this baby at 11 a.m. The Texas Longhorns are playing Oklahoma. The Austin native, K-Dog, picks Oklahoma. Of course he did. <laughs> I have like a weird sneaking feeling that Texas might pull this off. But put I'm, your money I'm, no, put your money where no, your mouth no, no, is. No. <laughs> Coward. I'm Coward. I'm in first place, so I'm going with Oklahoma. I'm going with Oklahoma too. And the game that everyone listening to this pod is waiting for. K State goes to Baylor. This is a two thirty kickoff. FS one McLean Stadium. Everyone hates Baylor. Uh K Dog panders to the boneheads. He's going with K State. Grant, do we turn it around? I haven't seen enough from the Cats. I didn't see enough from the Cats last weekend. And if Bill refuses to start this game with Skylar Thompson, I mean, it, there's so many variables that can affect this. But I really think Baylor's going to beat us. So I'm picking Baylor, sadly. Ooh. Wow. Um, I don't want to. On my sheet, I had Baylor. <laughs> um, Do but, pull a me and but against yes, your but here, better here, judgment. Th this is what it is. This is what it is, and this could line up because I went on some stretches to try to differentiate and to try to pick up points, but I uh, – no, I can't do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was prepared to. You're soft. I can't. I, I am soft. I'm going with Baylor. I, I just don't see it. I think we're in – no, fuck it. K-State. Officially, right, K-State. Skylar Thompson. Skylar Thompson is going to get us a win. I have the Cats. Good will prevail over evil. K-State wins. Uh, this is the first time I've ever let my homerism get the best of me on the podcast. K-State wins, and I'm going to say we win by double digits. Take it to the I bank. would love to see that. I mean, I'm all in sacrificing this pick em <laughs> if the Cats can get a dub. So. Well, I picked it uh, – you heard it here first. Double-digit win. Uh, Skylar Thompson looks great. Defense looks great. All the keys to V hit. Um, yeah, that, that that's it. Uh, that's that's the podcast. Again, we're, we're thinking about maybe doing a KU event uh, tailgate. Um, it's getting down to do or die time. If you folks want another Bosco's Boys tailgate event, um, get at us on Twitter. Yeah, we'll, text put message. we'll put a poll out, too. We'll put a poll out. Because, you know, parking passes, because K-Staters love their parking. It's a little expensive. So uh, we, we need to figure it out so we can start making arrangements. Let us know. We'll put out a poll. Uh, we love you guys unconditionally. This has been such a fun podcast. Um, I It's the highlight of my week every week. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for your interaction on Twitter. Um, 
hey, you guys, you know, rate, review, subscribe, all that good jazz, and stay tuned. Uh, once we get a little bit closer to basketball season, we're going to have a lot of fun ticket giveaways. We're going to have a lot of boneheads in the Sprint Center and uh, some tickets to give away in Bramlage. That's all I got. Grant? Guys, I know the waters are rough. Um, it's spooky times. Spooky. But keep on keeping on. you got to get out to the games. I know you may not agree with what's going on, but go support the kids. Support the, support, support the kids, all right? Spooky. Meet me at the Cat Hen. Spooky.
across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. Network.